0: Welcome to the Her Paper Root podcast, a show that digs into the growth strategies of content creators and website investors. My name is Chelsea Clark. I'm an online business intermediary and content monetization strategist. I help niche website investors buy, scale, and sell their websites. My guest today is Lauren McManus of Create and Go. She is a former CPA turned blogger who runs two successful blogs, which allow her the lifestyle and financial freedom to travel the world as a digital nomad. This episode is full of quick and actionable steps. You're not gonna wanna miss it. Let's get started. You're listening to the Her Paper Root Podcast, a show all about money and entrepreneurship with host Chelsea Clark. Chelsea is a marketing strategist and the founder of HerPaperRoot.com, a friendly and supportive hive for ambitious, passionate entrepreneurs like you to learn how to growth hack your idea into a profitable business. We encourage you to fearlessly tackle your wildest goals. We know that as your own boss, you can deliver your unique message and make more paper. You just need a plan. Here's your host, Chelsea Clark. Welcome to the show, Lauren. How are you today? So great. So great. Excited to be here. I'm so happy to get to connect with you. We had tried to connect, but the interesting thing is last week we weren't able to because you were traveling somewhere with bad Wi-Fi and you are really, you're back in the States now, but you're traveling all over the place. Yeah, yeah. So
1: I guess I should, I consider myself a digital nomad, but I've been traveling full time for the last three years, been, been traveling internationally for about five years now, but full time living out of the States for the last three years and just working on my blog out of different cafes around the world, everywhere from Central South America to Asia and Bali and Europe. It's been really, really awesome.
0: (laughs) Oh, that is just the best. It's amazing the different types of lifestyle freedom that blogging really can allow you. Yeah. One thing I absolutely love about it is the
1: flexibility of that type of job too, because I travel with a group actually called the Wi-Fi Tribe, and it's a group of digital nomads, remote workers, and many other people actually just have normal nine to fives in the States or in Europe, wherever they live. Um, So they still have to be on their computer for a certain set amount of hours. But I love the flexibility of blogging because I can set my own hours and I can take off random days during the week to go do things like volcano hiking, which is what I did on Monday of this week. Um, So yeah, I have the flexibility of remote work, but I also have so much more flexibility with the way that I've structured my business, and I love it.
0: Lauren, what led you to become a digital nomad in the first place? I
1: was a CPA, a tax accountant in my previous life. I've been working in that industry for a few years. And when I met my business partner, Alex Nerney, he was a personal trainer at the time and already had flexible hours and knew that he wanted to do something in the online space for the rest of his life because he just did not want to work a nine-to-five job. Um, And I was the complete opposite. I was going to climb the corporate ladder. I had already started and I knew that I was going to be successful in that field, in that industry. And so when he actually started his first, actually it wasn't his first website. So he had one for his personal training. But when he started our first website, it actually just started with me helping him out here and there with the images and a little bit of WordPress, which I didn't even know at the time, more just uh, correcting his grammar and stuff like that. And Honestly, I just got pulled into this whole other world because the more I started to learn a bit more about online business and started helping him, it just morphed into this thing that we created together. And I ended up quitting my job a few months later before I was even making any money to just try to make something of this first website. And, you know, fast forward now, um, four or five years. And we have two successful blogs that we run full time. And yeah, I can travel the world while I work. That's
0: so cool. I love how you quit before you saw that revenue coming in because you just knew you had to go all in and take a chance on it. And it worked out. So well done. And as you had mentioned, yes, you have grown two successful six figure blogs. And now I know that there are hundreds of moving parts in blog growth. But I would love it if you could walk us through your growth strategy for what you have done to hit six figures blogging.
1: Yeah. So our first website, we still run it today. It's a health and wellness website that focuses mainly on fast weight loss. And that was the very first website that we started. We started it because we both had some experience in that space. Alex has uh, nutrition certifications, and he was a personal trainer. I was a hardcore vegan for a couple of years. So we started with something that we knew and, you know, we, for the first few months, we were really focused so much on money, which most people are when they start a new business. You know, they just try to make money as quickly and uh, as quickly as possible. And we tried the same thing and we just made mistake after mistake after mistake. And really the, the biggest part for both of our businesses and, and the, way that we have been able to grow them so quickly is focusing more on our more on our audience and a little bit less on the money side and just really taking those steps in the right order because when we put the money before the audience the first time, we ended up creating a, a an amazing diet program that one single person purchased in the first few months because we created something that we thought that people would want based on what we thought we would want. And we actually ended up our first blog ended up kind of failing. And we we went and started from scratch with a new health and wellness blog. And this time we focused on really driving traffic and creating an email list and building that audience first. And we then communicated with them about what they wanted, what they wanted more from us. And we actually repackaged our first diet program just remarketed it at this new audience and just gave it a new face, changed a few things. And we actually sold it right away the second time around because we built the audience first. So we, we had, we had the audience to, to purchase it and we also had the product that we knew that they wanted. Um, and, and that strategy has really served us well in then growing the second blog. We did the same thing. We created the audience first and then we created the products And just really having a good relationship with our customers and constantly communicating with them about what they need has been such an amazing way for us to to grow and to grow without failing as much.
0: Oh, that's great. Yeah. So audience first and you're being able to build out products later on once you know what your audience wants and how you can really help them. You're focusing on building that community. That's really, really good. And when you had mentioned that you were creating products and asking, communicating with them, how do you communicate with your audience? What's your favorite way to survey them and find out what they really want to hear from you? So there
1: are multiple things depending on what we're trying to do, but the first thing that we did in order to begin to narrow things down and think about what kind of first initial product that we wanted to create was uh, there was one question that we asked in our very first welcome email at the bottom of the email. And it said, what's the number one thing that you're struggling with when it comes to losing weight? And what we ended up actually receiving back was not what we expected. We, I think we expected something on the lines of, you know, I'm too lazy to go to the gym. I'm feeling unmotivated. We actually would get people pouring their hearts out and telling us their stories of, you know, I I am lazy, I can't get to the gym, but I have two kids. I have a full-time job. They would give us this whole persona and this whole story about what they were struggling with. And it was through those stories and that feedback that we were able to really figure out that our target customer was not just someone who wanted to lose weight. They were, you know, between the ages of of 45 and 60 and they did have a few kids. They worked a full-time job. They struggled with this and that, and we were able to really hone down on, on that character. And then we were able to then structure our emails and our sales pages and our products around serving this specific person as, as closely as we could. And so that, that question and just communicating that way, asking open-ended questions via email was one really great way to ask more from Uh, ask your audience and and hear more from them. If you have a community group, like on Facebook or somewhere else, just asking open-ended questions, people love to give their opinions these days. (laughs) So all you got to do is ask for it. Um, And then one other tool that we use uh, is we do surveys occasionally through, you know, SurveyMonkey has a free plan. And uh, before Before creating products and often after we create products too, after someone, you know, takes one of our courses, we send out surveys to ask, you know, how they liked the course and if there's anything that they would change about it or any other suggestions. Or if we're trying to think about what kind of course to create, we'll ask questions like, you know, what would you like to hear, uh, see from us next? things like that.
0: Oh, yeah. I'm right there with you. When I send out feedback forms to my students, I'm always surprised by the answers that we get back. We always think as creators, we think we know what we are going to hear back, what to expect. And then your students and clients and customers, they will surprise you. And then really, yeah, you can take exactly what they're saying and use that to make your products better, to make your sales pages better, create more content. It's, it's such a good way to do it. And since we are talking about email marketing a little bit, what is working for you right now with email marketing in your business?
1: You know, I don't think there's anything new and latest and greatest that's working. <laughs> so to me, email is just more about, again, kind of that just communication. And I don't just mean blasting people with emails. I mean, just actually thinking about what people want to hear. And I, we Alex and I like to operate on, we like to operate under honesty and transparency above all. And for me, especially because I actually just started my own podcast and there's literally only four episodes. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, but there's only four episodes published. And, you know, so I'm, I'm coaching my students on how to launch their own blog business. And, you know, podcasting for me was something that I was pretty terrified to do for, honestly, Alex and I talked about starting one for a couple of years and the timing was never right. And looking back on it, I definitely was pushing him to do it because he's got more of the the YouTube and the persona to entertain people. And looking back on it, I think I was just scared and I didn't want to do it. I didn't think I was going to be good at it. And so actually throughout this this phase of launching this podcast, that's exactly what I've told my audience. I have told them how scared I was to do it, how I've been told before in in YouTube comments that I have vocal fry. I've been very honest with my audience about my struggles and my hesitancy to start this podcast, because they're also in this space of of trying to create things and they feel the same fears. So I've just been doing my best to try to communicate all of that as i'm feeling it as well and i think that emails are a really great outlet to be able to just be honest with people and i don't know that's i know i don't know if that's much of a strategy but that's just re- what really works for us and it's been that way for for years now
0: Running a profitable blog takes a few great tools. I know it can be hard when you are trying to develop and monetize when you don't know which tools actually can help you get ahead and which ones are just pricey, shiny object distractions. To make it really easy for you, I have compiled a list of all of the tools, software, apps, templates, and training that I use to run and scale my blog and business. From the best email service providers, to legal page templates, to beautiful style stock photography, reliable web hosting, and even cart systems for selling digital products. It's all there. Find all of the tools of the trade that I swear by by going to herpaperootcom tools. Let's dig right into monetizing now because that is always a hot topic for anything to do with blogging. What is your favorite way to monetize these blogs that you're growing?
1: Well, what works the best, what I think is some of the most sustainable and consistent income, is definitely creating your own products or services. So anything from an ebook to an online course to coaching. I personally think that. Whether you are a blogger or your main source is podcasting, YouTube, you know it it all kind of goes under the same roof, roof these days. But I definitely think creating your own products is one of the best ways to really scale what you're doing because you have complete control over the content, how much you charge for it, how you're able to market it, and so yeah, that that makes up the bulk of our income. But the other biggest part of it is also affiliate marketing, and I think that. Depending on what space you're in, I think affiliate marketing can also be a really, really great way to make money. So recommending other people's products, services, that's been one way that we've also... That was actually how we made our initial income. And now affiliate marketing and selling our own products has been um, definitely the two largest sources of revenue for us over the years. Right now, we make over $100,000 per month uh, with both of our two blogs combined. And that number has been pretty consistent now for about two, maybe three years. Um, the health and wellness blog that we first started, our her very first goal with that was to make $10,000 a month because there were two of us. And that number is really what we felt, especially because we had to split it. It's what we felt comfortable with with saying, okay, you know what? We never have to go back to our old jobs again, like $10,000 a month is, is sustainable for both of us to live on and to have this lifestyle to be able to travel. And so with that first health and wellness blog, we hit that within the first several months of uh, running our first blog and that health and wellness website, we actually, we've had a lot of fluctuation over the years and we've taken it up to over $40,000 a month. And then it sat pretty consistently around 20,000 for a while and now we definitely make a lot more with our business blog. It's our really our, our main uh, main project now and it gets most of our attention. Uh, but between the two of them we we make over a hundred thousand and that's definitely gross income. We do have a pretty sizable, Uh, net income from that. But we do spend some money on ads and we have a whole team behind what we do now.
0: Do you favor Facebook, Instagram ads, or are you focused more on Pinterest promoted pins? You know,
1: we do everything. We're definitely more focused on Facebook. Uh, Despite the the frustrations with Facebook, it's definitely (laughs) still the best ad platform if you're able to, to get a positive ROI. But that being said, we still do run Pinterest ads. And Pinterest, if If it works for your business, we still think it's one of the best places to get started because the ads are a lot cheaper. And while the platform doesn't have as many metrics and it's not nearly as scalable as Facebook, it's still a lot cheaper. And it's still a really, really great place to get started. Um, Alex actually was running our ads by himself for a long time. And, and from the last couple of years on now, we've actually had people helping us run our ads just so that we can focus in on other areas of the business. But uh, Facebook has definitely work, worked out the best for us.
0: That's great advice. And I love that you mentioned having a team or an agency to help with ads, someone else other than yourself, because really advertising is a whole nother job in itself. So Um, I love that anyone who's listening and has been thinking about managing their own ads, if you have the budget or you're willing to invest, I would also recommend hire out to an ads team because that can really be a huge job and to take that off your plate. Um, is there any blogging or email marketing myths that you'd like to dispel or maybe any bad advice that you'd like to help people avoid? One, one thing we're realizing is that some
1: people, I believe, are beginning to think that blogging is, is dead. <laughs> you know, like I think traditional blogging perhaps is is still dying. I mean, we say that, although every day we're all on Google, you know, Googling stuff and we're still getting blogs and websites popping up. So I don't think that it's dead, but I, I believe that it's it's definitely evolving and we're evolving with it. So I, for anybody, I guess, who is thinking about starting or who's even thinking about abandoning theirs because perhaps it's been this hobby or this thing that they just couldn't really get off the ground. I would just encourage people to really think of it more as if you're a blogger, you're more of a content creator. And I'm seeing this big trend now in online business space where everyone is kind of talking now about being content creators and coaches because that's kind of all-encompassing. And, you know, we have a blog, but we really only publish maybe two or three articles a year. And we actually, the bulk of our content now is coming from our YouTube channel and our podcast. And the blog is still where all of our content lives. It's like the home for our business. It's what connects everything. But we have these other platforms and where we can reach other audiences and kind of bring them in all together. And and our email list really is where they're all, I guess, centrally located and that's where our audience really exists. But I would just, you know, definitely tell people to think a little bit outside the box. And there's so many different channels to be able to express yourself now that I think it's important to just think about who you're trying to reach and what you're trying to accomplish and think about where you can best reach that person. Because while I was definitely, Afraid to do podcasting for so long, I realized so much that this is exactly what my audience needs. Like they need to hear me talking about the the random struggles I have from week to week, and I, I've never had a platform to be able to share that with them before. Just that constant updated information. So, um, blogging definitely isn't isn't dead. What, what, no matter what kind of online business you're you're trying to launch, like there's just so many different platforms to be able to do it now and just to really think about what what serves you the best but also what is going to serve your audience the best as well
0: thank you so much lauren for sharing all of this with us today where can everybody find and follow you online
1: well if you want to follow my struggle with podcasting um <laughs> as i already said we have uh, the launcher blog biz podcast now and uh we're, we're on youtube as well our website is createandgo.com so you know you can search create and go on on YouTube or, or podcasts or our websites. And that's where to find us.
0: Beautiful. Well, thank you again. It's been so much fun having you on the show. And thanks so much, Chelsea. I enjoyed it. Thank you everyone for listening today. To find out how to grow, scale and sell your blog and online business, visit herpaperoot.com. Thanks for tuning in to the Her Paper Root podcast. We hope you found this episode helpful. If you did, please say so by leaving us a review and be sure to share this episode with your friends. For more entrepreneurship resources and to connect with Chelsea, swing by herpaperroot.com. Now go make something.